Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Start reading in verse 45. 1 Samuel 17, and start reading in verse 45. Appreciate y'all being here tonight. Thank you, thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to be here, stand here to, to preach to your congregation. You said, Why did you say thank you, Pastor? He's not here. He watches the messages. <laughs> Not to try to keep up and see if we're saying anything we shouldn't say. But he loves preaching. Amen. We should love preaching. It's been said before, you can occupy your time doing right things that you get out of perspective of what you should really be doing. I said it when I had COVID. It's hard to believe I had COVID a year ago. Last year, I was supposed to preach at Charlwood Baptist Church. And I called the pastor and told him I'm not feeling good on Saturday night, not realizing what I had, but it was just the way I was feeling, dry cough, and just ended up with COVID last year. Sat and watched a lot of preaching, watched a lot of singing, but that's all I can do. Me and the couch are like this. <laughs> Amen. What else could you do? Go knock on doors. Oh, how you doing? By the way, I got COVID. If you died right now, will you go to heaven? Go <laughs> 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 with a space suit on. I have COVID. <laughs> Amen. Go with that. The first Samuel 17 and verse 45, the Bible says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. And if you look at the verses above, he also came with him a bunch of trash talk. Goliath in verse 44, And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Well, we know who got what. Because we have the rest of the story. But David didn't have the rest of the story. David was making the story. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, unto the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword, well we have a sword, the word of God, and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. While Goliath was trash talking, David was truth talking. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Oh, how I love Jesus. Thank you for the girls singing the special. Lord, we just need you tonight. I know I do. 
God, I cannot do any of this without your help. Help me, Lord. Empower me, Holy Spirit. Help my mind. Help my heart. Bless those that aren't here tonight. For whatever reason, we just pray that you'll bless them. Bless the people. Pray for Brother Kepler's dad because he has surgery in the morning. God, we want to see him saved. I know he does, but God, we want to see him saved. You want to see him saved. Help us, Lord. Continue to bless Silas. Thank you for Kyle, Brother Kyle and the family. God, just, just touch your people. Lord, we all hurt you. But Lord, I'm glad we have you to help. Help me in the next few moments, the next few minutes, to be a blessing to the people. And we'll thank you in the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray for his sake. Amen and amen. Look at verse 50. Well, let's, let's just continue reading in verse 48. It's just a few more verses. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Sounds like he's ready for a fight. Amen. And David put his hand in his bag and took fence of stone and slanged it. You know it's country folk. Amen. You know the country. I think God's got a little bit of country in him. Amen. What do country folks say when they throw something? I slanged it. Instead of I threw it. No, I slanged it. <laughs> Amen. Y'all. And then what Paul said, y'all. I slanged it. Amen. And smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Usually if something hits you in the front, you fall back. But God's showing us who the highly exalted one is, who the superior, the supreme one is, it's God Almighty, and even in the last death, Goliath was still bowing down to the God of heaven. Amen? Instead of going backwards, he fell down. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the Son of God to the glory of God the Father. He's the Savior. Amen? But look at verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. You realize the devil cannot kill you. The devil can wish and try to destroy your life, but he does not have the power to kill you. The only one that can take your life is God. The one who gave you your breath is going to take your breath. The last enemy is the devil. It's death itself. The last enemy is death itself. And Jesus, according to Revelation, has already overcome death and hell and the grave. He holds the keys to them. He unlocked them. But Satan, all he can do is come, kill, and destroy. You say, well, wait a minute. He just said he can't kill you. He can't. Really, when you think about it, he is limited in his power. Right. You say, well, people kill themselves, commit suicide and all that. That's because the devil has put so much in their mind and so much discouragement to where they need either an overdose on drugs or, or suicide or whatever, and the devil won. But it's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to live. Right. The devil's plan is for you to die, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be stolen. Steal whatever good from God out of your heart and your mind. It's the devil. But God who gave us the bread. 
But therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, but look where he took it, and drew it out of the sheath thereof. Goliath had no intention probably of using that sword and slew him and cut off his head therewith and when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. But look at what Israel did in verse 52. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. The Philistines until thou come to the valley, unto the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Shariam, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. Goliath from Gath. And they went all the way to his home, slaying Philistines. So what did I say this morning? I said David prevailed over the Philistines. That word prevailed means to be strong. To strengthen, to be established, to help, become a wax mighty, be sure, play the man, withstand, courageous, and then be able to encourage self. You have to picture this. David, a youth, the Bible says. Some say, well, a teenager. I believe younger. A youth, we don't usually call teenagers youth. Amen? We usually call them teenagers. Young adults. I believe he might have been anywhere from maybe 12. I'm working on a message. David, a type of Christ. How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? He was 12. So you think, well, was David 12? I don't know until we get to heaven and say, David, how old were you? I have no idea. That's just Lewisology. But the Bible does say he was a youth. <coughs> and you imagine David, and you hear this big giant, trash-talking Israel, saying all the things against Israel, and all of the Israelites are scared to death, a little David comes out there. I'll take him on. But before I take him on, I'm going to go down here and get me some stone. Why five? So many people have said, why five? Why five? Well, he knew in 2 Samuel that he had four more brothers. And, and on and on. And, you know, five being the number of grace. And just, I mean, five books of the first five books of the Bible. And on and on. J-E-S-U-S. Five letters in Jesus. I mean, all, I, all he needed was one stone. But you know what? David is human. He's sinful. He makes mistakes. He's just like us. He has problems. We have problems. But just in case I miss with the first stone, I got four more tracks. I got four more tracks that I can keep on throwing. Don't quit. Keep on serving God. Keep on praying. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on trusting God. Keep on being faithful. Hey, Elijah, what's your servant see on the first time? I don't see nothing. Well, keep on going seven more times. I'm going to pray. What you see on the second time? I don't see nothing. I'm going to keep on praying. 
What you see on the third time? I don't see anything. The fourth time? I don't see anything. The fifth time? I don't see anything. Keep on going. And on the seventh time, what did you see? I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. <laughs> you got to realize God is somewhere way out there. God could have shown his hand from out there in heaven. I said, I'm going to let that servant see my hand from way out there. Because if he's on my real big hand, he would scare him out to death. Amen. But I'm going to show him. He's going to look and say, I see a little hand. I see a little cloud. Like, it looks like a man's hand. That's God's hand. Amen. Because it was a rain coming real quick. Hey, hey, you better get on home. But the question that I mentioned this morning, we all have problems. We're no different than a lot of these people in the Bible. You can look at somebody in the Bible's life and you can say, you know what? That's just like me. That's just like me. Right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll do it. Lord, you ain't got to worry about me denying you. No sooner you said it, you deny it. I'll be faithful to church all the time. No, I wouldn't say that one. But you deny it. You lie. That's another word. <laughs> Amen. But what caused David to prevail in verse 50? The Bible says, so David prevailed over the Philistine. What caused or how did David prevail? He's just a youth. He slew a giant. But what caused him to prevail? I believe, number one, what caused David to prevail is he was concerned. The Bible says in verse 29, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to have a conviction? Verse 20, he took his sheep, they're protected, he gave them to a keeper. His dad said, go, take some food to your brothers at the battle. He left his sheep with the keeper. Verse 22, he brought the sustenance. He left the food with another keeper. But in verse 24, the Bible says that Israel, they were scared. They were afraid. The people, the Israelites, were afraid. They were scared, the Bible says. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with, a, with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free and Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And they went on and on and on and told him. But they were scared and they needed somebody to strengthen them. And David was concerned. Right. He was concerned. Our inner giants will defeat us every time. Our outer giants, a lot of times, don't hurt you. We don't really know who they are a lot of times. But those inner giants, bitterness, anger, envy, malice, evil communication out of the mouth, all those things, those things will destroy our inner man. Yes, sir. I'm more concerned about the inner giants so much than the outer giants because I don't really know who they are other than the government. Amen. Other than Satan. 
But he was concerned enough because he had a purpose and he knew there was a reason to fight because the Israelites mattered. He was concerned about somebody other than himself. Are you concerned about yourself? You should be. My walk, your walk with God, we should be concerned about it. Amen? And this should be a concern enough to where it concerns us enough for others. The Israelites. They needed somebody to be concerned about them because they were scared to death. They didn't know how it was going to end up, but they were scared. It takes loyalty to be concerned about something. We want people that are going to be loyal in their concern about something. Faithful. Devoted. You can trust them. Not somebody who's lazy. You can't trust a lazy person to be concerned about anything because all laziness, laziness does is produces more laziness. Idle. Sluggish. Apathetic. Unconcerned. But concerning, being concerned, should be a longevity. It is necessary. I should be concerned for you today and forget about you tomorrow. We should be concerned about Silas and Raven and Kyle today. And when he gets better, we're not concerned no more. It should be a longevity. Amen. It's hard to be concerned for sinful, unfaithful Christians. Because they don't care about themselves. They're not concerned enough about themselves. So why should we be concerned about it? It's not just a moment by moment, a now to later, to now or today, but for the long haul. It's for the long haul. You've got to swim the rough seas. You've got to go into the valleys with mud. You've got to climb along the rocks to get to the mountain. But be concerned about people. And David, I realize, I believe, he prevailed because he was concerned enough. He submitted to his dad when his dad said, hey, take the food down there to your brothers. He was submitted to his dad. He supplied the provision for him. He surrendered his will and his wants and his wishes. He was obedient to the Heavenly Father, his dad. We need to be obedient to our Heavenly Father. He was a soldier who was ready to serve. Israel was scared to death up on the mountain. He was down in the brook. Choosing out five stones. And as he was sitting there choosing, he was probably thinking, somebody's got to be concerned for these Israelites back here. Because they're scared to death. Somebody's got to be concerned. And for you to prevail in anything for God, you've got to get concerned well, about your problem, about your purpose in life, and the plan of God. Amen. Got to be concerned. Concerned. Today is the day to be concerned. Not tomorrow. Are you saved? If you're not, get concerned about your soul. Amen. Are you backslid? Away from the things of God? Get concerned about moving forward for the things of God. My daughter Ashley visited her granddad the other day. And it blessed him to death. Why? Because she's been wanting to go visit. She's concerned about her granddaddy. Amen. And I thank God for that. But it's sad. And she already knows it. Because I've told her. She's not concerned about her spiritual walk with God. And it may not break her heart, but it breaks mine. 
My daughter ain't sitting back here tonight. That breaks my heart. I want her to be here. It's not because daddy's preaching, but because she needs the word of God. Until you get concerned about your own life, you ain't going to get concerned about nobody else. It never happened. David was concerned about people that may not even care about him. But he loved them anyway. And not only was he concerned, but he had courage. Verse 45. The Bible says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword, and with the spear, and with the shield. I can see your armor. But I come to thee. I come to thee. He had a concern because he said, I. That puts you right there. That's a personal. I am concerned about you. And I'm coming to thee, Goliath. And it's going to take courage. Because when you look at it from a human perspective, I'm done. This is a giant fighting a midget. Oh, you're not supposed to say that. Small person. I don't care. You small. You a you a me. You gotta be so politically correct with all these words. They're sodomites and they're Gomorrahites. They can say they gay. No, you ain't. You're an abomination according to the Levitical law. But he had courage. I come to thee. He's going to prevail. He's got valor. He's got boldness. He's got a spirit. He is daring. He was all oh, these dudes. No, he's not. We know the rest of the story. But the Israelites didn't. They thought this guy is crazy to take on. But it took courage. For him to go down there. Joshua 1.6 Be strong and have a good courage. Verse 7 of Joshua 1 Only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9 Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and have a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. It's going to take a concern for you to prevail over your giants. But it's also going to take courage for you to stand up. You know what your enemy is tonight. I know what my enemy is tonight. And it's going to take a concern in my own heart and in my own life for me to realize, look, I've got to get concerned about this. I've got to get enough courage to take this thing on if I want to prevail in my life. To fight Goliath, you have to be concerned. But you also have to be courageous. You've got to be stuck. You're bringing a reproach. Verse 26. Say a reproach. A disgrace. To Israel. By you talking the way you're talking. You trash talking us. And you're sitting there. And you're reproached. You Philistine. I need to take away that reproach. You're telling a lie. We're not a bunch of chickens. This world thinks we are a bunch of crazy people because we have our faith and trust in somebody who can't see. They may mock us. 
They may ridicule, they may reproach, they may say oh, everything they want to say about the Christian, but it's going to take a concern for us to stand up against them. It's going to take some courage for us to stand up against them. Look at your abilities. You have none, David. You're youth. You're inexperienced. Goliath, Goliath's been a man of war from his youth. Ever since he was little, he's been fighting. Look at your abilities. I have none. Look at your armor. I can't wear your armor. Saul, your armor's just too big for me. I can't wear your armor. I've got worldly armor. I can't. But those stones, who made those stones? God. You come to me in human armor, I'm coming to you as God on spiritual armor. Amen? Man don't make stones. God made stones. Y'all know that, right? I'm not too smart when it comes to a lot of education, but I know a few things. I'm like Jethro. I've got, I got a few things. I'll be a brain surgeon. Amen? <laughs> got any volunteers? I got an education or whatever he said. Well, I got a belt. He got a rose. I got more. But look at your armor. Look at your protection. We got the Word of God. We have the Holy Ghost. We got Jesus. Look at your area. He wants to get you down in the valley, according to verse 2. They made up the valley. If the devil can get you in the valley, he can destroy you. That's what he thinks. We got people in this church that can testify, you a liar. No wonder God said you a liar. You a liar because we got people in this church who right now, you think they're in the valley? Well, man, to hear him preach this morning, I think he's up on the mountaintop. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God the songwriter said, in the valley, he restoreth my soul. We can't live up on the mountains all the time. And thank God you don't have to live in the valley all the time. Courage. 66-year-old disabled woman, World War II, Women's Army Corps lady named Lucille Babcock from Little Rock, Arkansas. Go online, you can check her. She beat her neighbor's assailant when she hobbled to the scene. Now this woman, 66, disabled, wears braces that she got in the war and she worked with the Women's Army Corps. But she hobbled over to her neighbor's house and beat up the assailant who was trying to rape her neighbor. And when they asked, what did you do with that old hickory cane you had? I love this. You'll laugh. I know you'll laugh when I read what she said. This is what she said. She cooked it too, even though she's in Arkansas. And she said, I walked him up beside the head with my cane. That took courage, amen? She was disabled. August the 3rd, 2013, Ray Blankenship, 36, from Andover, Ohio, while he was sitting at the breakfast, neighbor down a couple of houses from him had already gone out to work. His two young daughters followed him. It had rained for 10 days, and the waters were just a-flowing, and the mama's looking out and could not find where the two-year-old was. He happened to be looking out the window and saw the two-year-old girl going down in the water. The water along the side of the road gets really rough after a storm. And he knew that that water ran down to a little culvert that went up under the road and she would probably drown and die. Said so he ran. He jumped into the water. I read this last night. He jumped into the water. He reached out and grabbed her. And he said, now I need to get something to where I can hold on to until they get to me. Guess what he held on to? 
He found a rock. Hallelujah. Thank God in the rock he can grab onto. He grabbed onto the rock in the water. And he held on to the rock until the help came. But here's the rest of the story. It took courage for Mr. Ray to jump in that water. Because Mr. Ray cannot swim. Have a concern. Amen. Have some courage. Do things that you know you can't do, but with God's help, you can do it. Yeah. That took courage. That took courage. And something else, how are you going to prevail? Well, you have to have a concern. You've got to have courage. But of course, you've got to be trusting in Christ. Verse 37, the Bible says, David said, moreover, the Lord, all capital letters, which means Jehovah, the self-existent one, that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He would deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Verse 45, the Bible says, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. Verse 47, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's. You say, why did you wait until point three to say trusting in Christ? Shouldn't that be point number one? Yes. But you've got to realize just because you have Jesus, there are people in this church and people that you know who are saved but they're not concerned enough about the things of God. And they don't have no courage to face their sin, much less their problem. Even with Jesus, people are not prevailing because they don't have no concern and they don't have no courage. Israel had the same God that David had. Just one problem. They weren't concerned. And they definitely were not courageous because the Bible says they were afraid. But David had enough in him to have a concern for the Israelites and he had enough courage to go out and fight Goliath and he knew if anybody's going to do this and I'm going to prevail, it's going to be God, not me. Because he said the battle is God's. The battle is the Lord's. You have to have Christ. Thank God we have Christ. The statement has always been said it doesn't matter the size of the enemy. It's the size of God. Don't tell your problem to God, but tell your problem about God. Amen? Let your problem know there's a God who can help you through your problem. David, what's helped you trust in God? What's helped you trust in Christ, David? Remembering my past battles that I won. That'll help you. That'll help you to prevail and keep going. That'll strengthen you. That'll encourage you. Amen. Remember your past victories? Have you, do you have any past victories that you can remember? David did. He said, I remember a lion and a bear. They came and took one of my sheep. And I killed both of them with my bare hands. Well, I ain't going to grab no bear. And I ain't definitely not going to grab no lion with my bare hands. <laughs> Amen. Noah. He remembered the flood. And God gave him an ark. The three Hebrew children, you remember the fire? Yeah. But God gave me a fourth man. Gideon. Why are you hiding? Why are you scared? You remember that? Yeah. But we 
the Midianites. Oh, God said, well, blow a trumpet, break a picture, and show them the light. And blow a trumpet. That don't sound like a, a that's not like a Barney, Barney Fife army, amen. It worked, amen. God don't do it the way we do it. Hey, widow lady and your sons, y'all remember the famine? Y'all remember lacking food? Yeah. But God gave us an Elijah. God gave us a prophet of God. You got any victories you can remember? How about rely on God? Not just your past, but how about your present? Are you trusting in God today? I know you are. Amen. I know you are. Thank God we can flee to God for protection. <clears throat> There's some folk in churches who flee to the cabinet to grab more pills. I'm not talking about these pills that God has prescribed you because you need them. I'm talking about just stuff that you know you don't need and you can get rid of if you just put more faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. Christ can help you prevail through whatever your problem and whatever your enemy is if we just let him. My father-in-law said it for years. Why is it you got to wait until the end to trust in God? Why is it now got to trust in you, Lord? Why are we trusting him first? Why do we wait until the end? Well, okay, the doctors can do this. And okay, the doctors can do this. And okay, the medical field can do this. And thank God for them. But that's a testimony right there. Well, not right there, but y'all know over there, that's the, the family. But that's a testimony in what God is doing. Amen. Like I said, when I saw him yesterday, and I've seen him right now, you just look at him like, ain't nothing wrong with him other than he's over here at the hospital. Amen. He don't look sick, does he? Oh. And I know he ain't sick because I can't get y'all to say amen, but he was cooing at me. <laughs> That's an amen right there, brother. Amen. What's wrong with y'all? Coo if you want to. Say amen if you want to. Amen. But rely on God. And then be restful knowing God has your feet. David, how do you know God has your future? How do you know God has promised you tomorrow, David, much less tonight? Because you got to read chapter 16. Do you know your Bible, students? What happened in chapter 16? Why did Eliab, Eliab the eldest brother, be sarcastic and rude to David? You just come out and watch the battle. What battle? Y'all up here, be mocking down there. Ain't nobody fighting him. What battle? Because in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel is where Samuel anointed David to be king. So there's no way David could have died. Amen. Rely on the promises of God. Just rest in the promises of God. I mean. Just rest in them. There's no way you're going to die, David. Because a king is already, by, a person has already been anointed to be king, and you hadn't even taken your throne. There's no way you're going to die. There's no way. So trust him in Christ. Just rest in his promises. The psalmist David wrote in Psalm chapter 3, verse 4 I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Psalm 118.8 It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And then verse 9 it says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Why would I put my faith in man much less princes or government? 
and not put my faith in God. We see what they're doing. We see what man does. We all see what I do. Amen. Don't put your faith in me. Better put it in God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto, the, unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall do what? Trip you up on your path? Put potholes in your path? No. He'll direct your path. He'll direct that path. So thank God you can prevail when you get a concern. You can prevail when you get courage. You can prevail by trusting in Christ. And also you can prevail because you need and I need companionship. While David was down there fighting, Israel was up there. They needed a companion. They needed a friend. They needed somebody. In verse 22, he said he came and he saluted his brethren. In verse 26, he spake to the men that stood by him. In verse 45, he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. That word host talks about a soldier. Talks about a company. Amen. Yeah. We're soldiers in God's battle, whether you're fighting or whether you're not fighting. We're all still soldiers. Right. David in 1 Samuel chapter 30, David had some that stood by the stuff, that stayed with the stuff. But the others went to battle. When they won and they got the victory and they came back with their wives and their children and everything and the Ark of the Covenant, when they came back with it, the other ones were like, the, the sons of Belial were like, oh no, they didn't get nothing. Oh no, they, they, didn't, they didn't come to battle. They shouldn't get anything. And David said, no. He said, they're getting it just like you're getting it because they stand by the stone. Our position in God does not change whether you're fighting the battle or whether you're on the sideline. Football team, football's coming up. A lot of those players will sit on the sideline. A lot of them will play. What are the ones on the sideline, not on the team? Yeah, they're on the team. They have on a jersey. They have on a number. Some of them got their last name. They're still on the team whether they play or not. You're still in the battle whether you play or not. But thank God for companionship. Amen. We need companions. We need friends. We need people to help us. Show friendship, the Bible says in Proverbs 18.24. A man that has friends, he show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I know we use that as the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of truth in that. You know there's a deeper meaning to that verse? There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Not only is our companionship shown one of another, but it's also stickable. Amen? It's jointed and cleaved together. Can I use you as an example, Brother Gary? We are not from the same family. He's got different mom and dad. I've got different mom and dad. But because we're brothers, we're friends that stick it closer than a brother. I would do anything in the world for Brother Gary. And Brother Gary would do anything in the world for me. You know that word cleave means? Exactly what we're doing. Exactly what we're doing. He gets in trouble. I should be there because I'm a companion. I get in trouble. He should be there. Amen? I should be the same. It's sad that my brother John and my brother Stephanie are not as close as these brothers. It's sad. Even you. And you. Not even family. Amen? But we're family in God. Thank God we've got companions. Amen? Thank God I got the Lord Jesus Christ. But I got y'all. Amen? I can picture David up on it down there in the valley. And I can picture some of his mighty men up there on the hill. His future mighty men. Yelling as he's out there. Keep on going. You got this. You can do it. Hey, we got all of us. Keep on going.
better not come to John. Usually I'm up here. <laughs> Amen. But that was some of David's future mighty men. They were probably up there yelling them on. I don't believe all of them were people that David probably didn't know. He knew them. A lot of them he may not know. But I believe his companions, a lot of them were up there strengthening him and encouraging him. Keep on going, David. Keep on going. They're onlookers. But thank God not only onlookers, but they're people working. They're people watching. Our victories show others how great God is. Seeing God work when we struggle, when we suffer, when we're scared, when we shouldn't prevail, but we do, it will strengthen you, but it will strengthen somebody else. Amen? I've said it before. My father-in-law convinced me with his spiritual walk to God. To be 87 years of age and talk about having a revival every day and praying. Reading his Bible every day like he's getting a message to preach. Amen. That convicts me. But it encourages me also. Because he's not only my father-in-law, but he's my companion in the war. Amen. Just like you're my companion in the war. We're all fellow laborers for God. Some do more. But we can all do something for God. Amen. You all have talents. Every one of you has a talent. You can use it for God. Amen. Man, to see some people I would never imagine singing in the choir. That blesses my heart. To see somebody singing who used to be, turn my mic off. But now they're singing in front. Keep on doing it. Amen. To see somebody playing the piano after church. I'm not calling names because I don't want to, you know, put roses on them and say, well, you didn't talk about me. Well, you know, if you got a talent, maybe I'll brag on you and stuff. But that y'all know who I'm talking about. People in the choir that never sang in the choir. People who never sang out loud. They're more vocal singing. Somebody who plays on the piano after church, who's now playing during church. That encourages me. Thank God for companionship. Amen. David prevailed. Why? He had, he had a concern. He was courageous. He had Christ. But he had companions egging him on. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on throwing. Keep on throwing. Keep on throwing. Keep on throwing. You might have missed the first time, but keep on going. For God, there is no quitting. Amen. Oh, I felt like quitting many a time. But you got to keep on going. You got to keep on going. You got to keep on going. Because there are people following behind you who might be at a distance that you don't realize they're watching you. And they're watching you to fail. So they can say, I knew there was nothing to your right And David prevailed because he had confidence. Which I've already said, he had confidence. How do you have confidence? Because he said in verse 46, this day. Not tomorrow, but this day. Will, this day, will the Lord deliver thee into my hand? And not only mine, but also, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine head from thee, 
and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowl of the air and to the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in heaven. And all this assembly, the Israelites, shall know that the Lord saveth not with soul and spirit, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. He prevailed, amen, because he had confidence. And because he had confidence and he prevailed and God gave the victory, look what the Bible says in verse 52. After David done ran and cut Goliath's head off with his sword, but look at verse 52. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose. Maybe they were scared, hiding and sitting down, hiding up. I don't know. But the Bible says they arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. I think after they saw what was happening and they saw the victory, boy, they got strength to go. We can do this now. If that little 12-year-old or whatever age he was, that little youth just killed a big old giant with a stone and used his own sword, let's go get him, fellas! They pursued the Philistines. I'll strengthen you. Amen. I don't get mad when y'all have blessings or just whatever. I rejoice. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Bless them. Keep on. Amen. Thank God. We have confidence. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6 talks about confidence. God, what God has started, God's going to finish. He started Calvary. He finished it. It's finished. He started salvation. Thank God He did. He included us in it. Thank God He did. And what He did, He started in us. He's going to finish in us. Amen. And I'm finished. And y'all probably saying, Hallelujah. Amen. And man, to preach these two pages, that's a blessing. Because I have a lot. <laughs> and it still ain't over. I mean, first Samuel. No wonder Dr. Stockler said this in Artesian way. You can preach it and preach it and preach it. This is not the third message I've done preached from this chapter. But I got at least one more. <laughs> I'm going to be bored with turning the first thing for 17. <laughs> Amen. But do you want to prevail? What is your enemy tonight? Only you know what your enemy is. Amen. What it is. Whether it's a person, whether it's a pill, whether it's alcohol whether it's drug addiction, whether it's just whatever addiction, laziness, unconcerned about the things of God, you know and I know what that besetting sin is that gets us every time. We know what our enemies are. But we can prevail over them. We've got to get a concern. And then you've got to get courage enough for looking. And of course, we know you've got to have Christ. But like I said, I know saved people who have no concern about the things of God and have no courage to deal with nothing. And thank God we have companionship. Amen? We're not here to fight and destroy anybody, I hope. Amen? I know I mess up. Y'all had a chance. If I'm anymore, you can't say amen. Y'all had a chance. <laughs> I know I mess up. 
you know the good thing about it? Is we can forgive and forgive. And keep on going. But we're still, we're all here for one another. We're not here to hurt nobody. Even though we may hurt people at times. But you know what? We hug and we kiss and we ask for forgiveness afterwards. That's what family does. You don't discard me, I don't discard you. Because Jesus didn't discard me when I messed up. Amen? Ephesians 4 says we're to forgive. Why? Because he forgave us. But thank God for companionship. And have confidence that what God has started, God is going to finish. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.